When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to TC Live on a Friday night in the great north. The women wrapping up play in Montreal. The men doing so in Toronto. We are down to the final four with so much on the line. Less than three weeks until the year's final major. Here's what we have in store over the next half hour. From friends to foes, the top two ranked Americans went the distance in Montreal for a spot in the semis. We will hear from the winner. Plus, it's rare when Carlos Alcaraz is the one looking for revenge. But that was the case in Toronto, how the top seed once again met his match against Tommy Paul. And there are reports out of Spain that Rafa Nadal could become the president for one of the world's biggest soccer teams. Is this the real or real deal? We will juggle the facts on TC Live. Happy Friday, everybody. It is so good to have you here with us. Steve Weissman back in between the Andes once again. Fifth straight day, Andrea Petkovic. Fan favorite, former top 10 player to my left, and of course the Hall of Famer, Canadian Open champion Andy Roddick once again over on the big screen. And both world number ones were in action today. We are going to start with Carlos Alcaraz. And we flash back to last year where it was in Montreal that Alcaraz met Tommy Paul. He actually lost to TP. The American was ranked 34 in the world, and Alcaraz was at number four. That was also a second round match. So a year later, could Alcaraz serve up some old... Cold poutine for revenge, this time playing for a spot in the semis, Andy. Alcaraz, the top seed, a 14-match win streak on the line, but TP unfazed. The old cold poutine reference early in the show, Steve, and <laughs> TP's been hitting that forehand. We know he has the inside-out one, but he is stepping in front foot board and drilling that forehand to the other person's forehand. Comes in on it. Here also, great hands. We know the Chuck's just going to get there. And he plays the soft one to the sideline, showing some nuance for Tommy Paul. Throwing another break, it's always nice not to have to serve one out. The Chuckster in true Chuckster fashion goes to the drop shot early, but TP is there. He says, listen, I got some wheels too. I know what to do with that. I am looking for my annual win over you in Toronto and was fighting and clawing all day. Alcaraz still trying to find his form a little bit. Toronto gets the volley. Great pass by Tommy Paul. Still have to close it out. Easier said than done, as we all know. But TP plays serious defense. The open stance back end sliding that everybody seems to be able to hit these days. And TP, there's the drop shot. We know he likes to play it on big points. Take a bow, Tommy Paul. You have defeated the number one player in the world, Toronto. Canada is good for you. This matchup with Carlos Alvarez. Now, Tommy Paul can flat out ball. Gets the biggest win of his life. First American man to beat a number one ranked player in six years. First major semifinal this year. Now his first Masters semi. Ended that 14-match win streak from Carlos Alcaraz. And how about the third man with a winning record against Alcaraz? Let's hear from TP. 
You've beaten him before, exactly a year ago, in yeah. Canada as well. Did that help? I mean, yeah, it, it helps uh, knowing that you can beat your opponent. Like, you never want to walk on the court and be like, I don't know if I can beat this guy. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's kind of the attitude you got to have no matter who you're playing. Um, but I, I would say it probably helped a little bit. On this night, Tommy's best was better than Charlie's best. What stood out most to you? The returning. The returning was absolutely amazing. And we saw it in the first set, the set point. Carlos Alcaraz hit a double fault. And it didn't come out of nowhere. He normally averages around two to three double faults per match. He hit seven or eight. And Tommy Paul found depth on every single return that he put his record on. It was absolutely incredible. And he said it. His forehand was mostly firing. Only in the second set, it, it flew off the rails a little bit. And the most in, amazing part was in the first set, he played 40% of his shots inside the baseline. In the second set, only 18. And then he found his inside the baseline form again, 41% in the third set. And that will win you a match against anybody in the world. And also against the number one player in the world. And I have to say one thing, that interviewer was 100% German. And I hope I don't sound as German as he does. <laughs> you, you, you sound great. Numbers never lie. And, and those are some great stats that you bring up, Petco. Uh, Carlos Alcaraz proved that he is human, Andy, not only because he lost a match, but also showed a little bit of frustration on the court tonight. What'd you make of that? Yeah, he seemed a little angsty this week, and this wasn't the first match where he was kind of looking at his box where Carlos Alcaraz is already famous for smiling throughout the matches. You see the frustration building. He's played a lot of tennis this year, Steve. I continue to question the choice to go play Hopman Cup on a different surface the week after Wimbledon. And listen, JCF's not there. I'm wondering if the calming presence of him in the box is maybe throwing him off a little bit. But credit to Tommy Paul. Went out and took it to Carlos Alcaraz. Chucky hasn't been his best this week. But T-Pain getting on the front foot, drilling that forehand to the forehand to open up to the backhand side. Just a well-rounded match, serving well, going at the returns like, like Petco was talking about, and not making those random errors, right? Not making those errors where all of a sudden there's two errors in the first three points of a game, and all of a sudden you're fighting uphill from 1530 on your own serve. Really solid performance by T-Pain. Love it. Can I ask one question? Yeah. Um, I was wondering, it looked to me like Carlos maybe hadn't hit enough balls before coming to Toronto I'm not sure it just sometimes you get that feeling with a player he had Andy mentioned it he played Hopman Cup he gave the promise before he won Wimbledon he's not a man that likes to break break his promises and then he needed to rest right you need to rest after winning a major and it just looked like he hadn't maybe if he just didn't believe he had hit enough points I'm not sure what did you what did you feel did you feel the same way Andy yeah, I, I mean, I admire him keeping a promise, but I'm sure he promised his team that he was going to be ready for every tournament he entered also. So, you know, it, 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 at a certain point, something's got to give. You can't just play everything for everyone. And as he's the number one player in the world moving forward, uh, it will eventually be the biggest star that the male side has when Novak Djokovic uh, does choose to retire. Listen, you can't be everything for everyone. You can't boil the ocean. He's going to have to pick and choose his spots uh, a little bit better. And it's it's tough to kind of play the week after Wimbledon. You have to take a break at some point and breathe a little bit. So you could be right, Pecco. I'd be speculating, but I bet he'll be ready to go in Cincinnati. Yeah, I think he'll be ready to go in Cincinnati. Tommy Paul now up to a career-high 12 in the live rankings. Can crack the top 10 if he raises the trophy in Toronto. So many big matches today in Montreal. The first All-American women's quarter here in more than two decades. 
Top 10 stars, doubles partners, Coco Golf, Jesse Pagula, meeting for the first, excuse me, third time, Andrea. Yes, and we were talking about German accents, and for some reason, Jesse Pegula's name really troubles me. I keep saying Pegula, so forgive me already, but she came out red hot and firing, played so well and so solid in that first set, took her backhand down the line, but Coco serving really well in the second, held on to her serve, and then took the first opportunity she had to break with a little bit of an unforced error from Jesse Pegula. She was in the end, she just lost a bit of her concentration at the end of that second set and then Coco did the same exact thing at the end of the third set but that was more troubling because it was the last set to be played and Jesse Pagula in the end the better player the more consistent player and she wins it and maybe a well-needed rest for Coco got Pagula 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 Say it ten times fast. <laughs> Snaps Coco's six-match win streak and breaks her own four-match slot against the top ten. That was a really long, tough match. Um, but yeah, we love playing doubles. Um, again, it's always tough playing your doubles partner. We know each other's came so well. We know exactly what we're trying to do. Um, and it just came down to the wire there at the end on, on who could execute it a little bit better. Coco and Jesse did pull out of their quarterfinal doubles match. Would we have an All-American semifinal? Danielle Collins looking for her second career win against the world number one. Taking on Iga Sviantek in Iga Stadium, Andrea. It's not Iga like Sviantek. It's a Canadian supermarket. But uh, both players packing a lot of goods, including apparently her phone. Oh, wait. Did it ring? Turn that thing off, Iga. Well, uh, first of all, who calls Iga when they know that she's playing a match? That's number one. Number two, did the supermarket chain name themselves after Iga Shiontek? Nobody knows. If they saw the first set, you might have wanted to do that because she was absolutely flawless in that first set. And she has a reputation to come out really strong in the first set from the beginning on, high intensity. But Danielle Collins is proving to be a very challenging opponent for Iga Sviantek. She just brings the pace to her, rushes her on her forehand, takes her backhand down the line. But in the end, Sviantek just too strong. She found her consistency again and was able to break twice in the third set and had match point. And that's her favorite shot. If you give her a slow ball to the forehand, she will most likely hit a winner. Still great performance from the qualifier, Danielle Collins. But it's Sviantek that moves on. Since 2021, Sviantek and Pagula lead all players eight semifinals at the 1,000 level on the WTA Tour, Andy. Who impressed you more today, Jesse Pagula or Iga Sviantek? Well, I think Jess Pagula may have been searching for a, a semifinal, right? Not the the, the best of tournaments uh, at, at Wimbledon. Needed to get a win against the top 10, was on a bit of a slide there. So it was impressive just because she beat the the more informed player uh, in Coco Golf. But I, one of my favorite things to watch in the entire game of tennis is Iga Sviatek's footwork. It never stops. It is so intense. I do the thing where sometimes I don't watch the point. I actually just watch her as a single and watch her, those little steps when she does have a slow forehand that Petko mentions. I don't know that anyone does it better. What do you make of it, this matchup between Iga and Jesse? 
I really, really hope that Jess gets this big win because I, it feels to me with her like she needs that clicking moment, that clicking moment where she gets that extra bit of belief that she can win the majors, the big tournaments, the Masters, the Masters 1000. I think that she just needs that and beating the world number one would maybe help her. Um, I do think that Iga Swiatek just, she has found ways to win those matches and she's looked much stronger last year just in terms of how dominant she was, but she's not slowing down. And we see Sabalenka, who was so dominant in the first part of the season, slowing down now. And Iga just so consistent and consistent and consistent. And it just breaks you mentally. It breaks me mentally in the booth. So how do the opponents feel on the court? <laughs> if it breaks you, it certainly translates on the court for sure. Five, two heads ahead for Sviantec, but one and one this year. Our show is so packed. The hot shot is coming up next. Not segment four, segment two. Plus, another huge upset in Toronto, the world number one out. But Aussie number one, Alex Demonor, getting one of the biggest wins of his career. We'll show you how he came back from the brink. Steve back with an early edition of our hot shot of the day. You said it yesterday, Andy. If it's not Malthus, it's Charlie Alcaraz. How about that? Yeah, and maybe put Fognini on the short list also. First of all, the stat volley is great. Then puts his head down. This is a clean one. He was trying to hit that up the line. He may not have won today, but the Chuckster is always in contention for the hot shot, Weissman. Yeah, he is, Roddick. I mean, it's just... Filthy from Carlos Alcaraz. It's, it's just become a spectator, Tommy Paul. I apologize, but you got the win today. I mean, this is an underrated stab volley. A nice little chippy McGoober. And the Chuckster between the legs just says, Shh, just yell for me a little bit, Toronto. Please, I deserve it. I'm a nice guy. Thoughts back up? My thoughts on this is that Tommy Paul single-handedly restored my faith in people who have two first names, because that's a thing, right? You don't trust people who have two first names. That's just strange. That's such an American thing, too. That doesn't exist in Germany. They can't help it. They don't, they don't but that's a nice to shot, too. Wasn't expecting that take. Uh, that's a hot yeah. take with our hot shot. I, I, I like it, though. Uh, how about this? Three straight wins. Chanda takes her first fan duel loss of the week. Ludmila Samsonova upsetting Arena Sabalenka to reach her first 1,000-level quarter. Gets her second top five win. You went down with her as well, Petco. I did. And uh, Chanda does not have a pick today. She'll have more fan duel picks this weekend and during Cincinnati on TC Live. When we come back, a match with all the fields in Montreal. The rise and fall and rise again. An emotional roller coaster between two of the world's best you do not want to miss. Petkovic, Roddick, Weissman back on TC Live as we head back to Montreal. Because of rain yesterday, Belinda Bencic and Petra Kvitova knew they would have to play two matches today. A couple former champs in a thrill ride of emotions, Andrea. 
well it was and I can't even look at it and if uh, you can't see injuries either then don't but Petra Kvitova one of the fairest players on the tour ran over and gave her eyes and helped her opponent out and then she was down and you know what a curious thing happened all of a sudden Petra was the one to get injured and Bencic could return the favor she injured her groin or her hip and now Bencic was the one to run over. I think they are single-handedly putting physiotherapists out of a job because they just run over and help a friend out. Really nice to see. And I wonder if Kvitova asked herself, should I have given her that ice? <laughs> Lost it 6-1 in the third, but nice hug between the two. They are close friends. And nice to see sisterhood on the WTA tour. Absolutely. And then Bencic right back on court later in the... Quarterfinals against Samsonova, who upset Sabalenka earlier in the day. And uh, her ankle was heavily strapped, but she didn't look too bothered by it. She moved around quite well. And listen, Ludmila Samsonova is just a really bad matchup for Belinda Bencic. She's lost three, and the last one she did win, she had to do, she had to save three championships chip points in Abu Dhabi. It was not meant to be today. And Samsonova now four to one in a head-to-head -head against Belinda Bencic. Matchups just do matter, and in this case, she comes out on top. First 1,000-level semi for Samsonova. Back to Toronto we go. And after taking out Taylor Fritz, Alex Dimonor trying to get two top 10 wins in the same tournament for the first time in his career, Andy. Yeah, and listen, if Medvedev is up 6-4 in a breaker, he's going to win that breaker, right, Steve? Right? Uh, maybe? Maybe not. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't seem like it. Dimonor turning into David Blaine getting out of trouble the last couple days. Down 5-1 in his first set against Fritz the other day, and then fights off a couple set points against the self-proclaimed hardcore specialist. You kind of kept thinking Medvedev might turn this thing with hot volley pickups like that, the demon mixing in the serve and volley. You don't see Medvedev throwing the double too often. Heck of a win for the demon. He is rolling, rolling, rolling. Like our friend Fred Durst would say, Steve. <laughs> I love that. First Masters semifinal for him. He's had a career high in the live rankings, 14. Andrea, can I kick it? Yes, you can. All right. So can Rafa. Take a look at this. Reports out of Spain that Rafa Nadal could become the president of legendary soccer team Real Madrid when Florentino Perez steps down. Petko, what do you make of this? I make of this, uh, si senor, what's not to like? I mean, first of all, what do you have to do as a pre president? You represent, Rafael can represent, you go to a few press conferences, he can go to a few press conferences, and if you have to keep up a ball, he can do that too, so why not? And uh, I don't want to think of it, but soon retirement is on the horizon and you better find a new job right now, Rafa. <laughs> Andy, we've, we've seen this before, like John Elway did it with the Broncos. Sometimes they become owners, but a, a team president, and he's always been a huge Real Madrid fan. Yeah, I mean, John Elway did it with the Broncos, but he also was a football player. So, I mean, this is uh, this is surprising. This is fantastic if it happens. I think there would uh, be a ne some necessary on-the-job experience needed real quick. Uh, this would be really cool. I can't pretend to know what all would go on, uh, what all he'd have to learn. But this is a surprising headline. But, I mean, heck, might as well make him the president of Spain while we're at it. Let's just do it fully. <laughs> Right? I think, well, first of all, I have to uh, educate you in Europe. They have a king, not a president in Spain. That's number one. Well, make a fine king, all of it. <laughs> 
And number two, I'm just glad that nobody said soccer. It's football. Thank you very much. No, I, I said soccer for sure. No, no it, it, it's you know we're in, bum, we're in the bum, states bum. because football means the NFL and. Soccer's what what we're doing here with that with that ball in your feet. <laughs> yeah, President. He's already the king of clay, so ma make him the king of Spain. I like that. Just yeah. crown him. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of educational elements here with pronouncing the names and correcting us on football. You realize people in Ohio are watching this, right, Betko? <laughs> All 50 of them. Saturday's schedule starts 12:30 Eastern. The day session. We got the semifinals from Montreal and Toronto. And guess what, Pecco? Did, did you see the announced schedule? No. Am I? You're again? back. Oh She's back again on TC Live at 10 p.m. Eastern. More after this. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back. The sun is long gone in Toronto, but for a look ahead to semifinal Saturday, we send it back to Danny and Prakash. All right, CP, it is semifinal Saturday. You've got Alejandro Davidovich Fokina facing Alex Dimonor for a fourth time. How's this going to go? Who's making the final? Well, look, they played a few times. Davidovich Fokina 2-1 up, and he's got a very unique game, tough to play, but... Uh, I, I just love what Deminara has been bringing all week. He has just been so tough in between the ears. He, he, he sort of improved what he's been able to pull out of himself each and every match. 5-1 down in that first set against Fritz. 5-1 down in the breaker against Medvedev. Down again in the second set. He never lets go. And that relentless pressure, I think, is going to get him into his first final of a Masters 1000. It's going to be a fun battle between two fighters. In fact, it's going to be an entirely fun semifinal Saturday over here in Canada. Can't wait. FanDuel match preview. Here are the odds for Davidovich Fokina and Demon R. The Demon is favored to win the match. He got about 142 to win 100. Over under two and a half sets. Favored to be the under. So they're looking for the Demon in straights right now. Customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to start making every moment more. So Davidovich Chokina has wins on clay and grass. The one win the Demon got was on a hard court. It was the next-gen finals. Who takes the match tomorrow, Andre, and why? I think the Demon, I think if you beat Medvedev on hard court, the hard court specialist who knows everything about hard courts, if you manage to do that, after yesterday when he was down 5-1 and a set point against Taylor Fritz, managed to turn it around. Those are just the signs for a big, big run at a tournament and semifinals is already pretty good, but I can see the demon in the finals. All right, he's, he's already got a title this year. He's coming off the final in Los Cabos. Who do you have, Andy? I know we're supposed to say things with confidence, but this is going to be one of those moments. I think 
I like Fokina in this. He was dominant the first couple of rounds, put a 1-2 and two beating on uh, on Alex Vera first round, went 0-2 second round, uh, got through that one with Casper Ruud and looked great today against Mackie McDonald. Uh, I just think he's going to take time away. He doesn't kind of lay up the ball very often. I know uh, he's a little bit smaller, but he, he puts a real punch in, switches directions pretty well. I don't know that the Demon's going to be able to get forward as much as he was able to against against uh, Medvedev today. We all know that you can serve and volley against Medvedev. He gives you some space. Maybe he has some time. You can force the issue. I just don't think he's going to have as much time against uh, Davidovich Fokina. Davidovich Fokina has been doing some great interviews with Prakash on the desk there in Toronto. He's been reading a whole bunch of books. And Prakash asked him, what have you learned from these books? Be humble. Oh, I thought he would say nothing. Do we all remember when Prakash tried that hot sauce in Madrid thinking it wasn't so hot and then he couldn't talk for like 10 minutes? That was fun. That, that was fun. That's also where we got to know Mira Andreeva. Yes. But let's get back to some matches tomorrow, Andy. Uh, what, what do you think is going to be the, the main key between Iga Sviantek and Jesse Pagula? Well, I think it's Pagula being able to uh, kind of straddle a line between uh, being aggressive. You have to kind of up the risk profile against the greatest players. It's just the way it is, but also keeping the unforced air count down, right? Uh, finding attacking to the biggest parts of the court. Is Iga going to be able to kind of do that serve plus one and get that forehand with time? Uh, if she does, it's tough to get kind of get out of that stranglehold. So a lot of it's on Jess Pagula's racket. She's going to have to play uh, with a bit of a higher risk profile. We know Iga's Fiatek is going to get out there, compete. I, as I said before, I'm obsessed uh, with the footwork, but uh, I like Fiatek in this one. Um, I like Shiontek in this one too, and the reason being, actually I will phrase it this way, if Jess Pegula can find her first serve more often than not, then I think yeah. she will have a chance to win, mm -hmm. because Iga is the best returner on the WTA Tour, and the best returner when it comes to second serves, and Jess Pegula has worked on that serve over and over again, and I think that's the last piece of a puzzle that's lacking in her winning a big title is that first serve trying to get a few cheap points under the belt and she will need that against the world number one tomorrow that's a wrap on a friday we did it again and we're back once again on saturday for another edition of tc live for andrea petkovich andy roddick our entire team i'm steve weisman how about tommy paul t-pain Push a T, push a P, pushing the top 10, takes out the world number one. Our coverage from Canada continues after this.